This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hello, Internet creatures. I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report Direct Message. It's February 4th, 2022, which falls on a Friday, and that reminds me to give you a little housekeeping update. Starting next Friday, we will be back to our panel shows. That's when I bring on three people in three different locations to talk about three different topics. Uh, I know you guys were digging them. I enjoy doing them, and we finally got all our equipment in order, and next Friday, uh, we will start with that again. Today, we are doing a Q&A, and we got dozens of questions over at rubenreport.locals. Dot com. That will officially move to Thursdays where it's been. It happens to be on Friday today. I appreciate all your patience as we've uh, rolled all this stuff out. And uh, before we get to the Q&A, uh, there was a great story yesterday. This is just like one of those stories or one of those little media bites that I'm just like, this is why I do what I do. Because you guys know that while I am a mild-mannered talker, an internet head whatever you want to call it, a YouTuber, a guy who talks about politics, whatever. Uh, what I really wanted to be was a basketball player. I am now 45 years old. I have a torn ACL in my left knee. I can still shoot. I can get to the hoop a little bit if I've got the brace. But I wanted to be an NBA player. And uh, Shaquille O'Neal is one of the greatest NBA players of all time. I'd say top two or three center of all time. Maybe Wilt and Hakeem in front of him. I don't want to, I don't want to start a fight. Anyway, Shaq in the last you know, 15 years since he retired, roughly, has been on NBA on TNT, which uh, is where they analyze, you know, he's with Charles Barkley and Kenny Smith and Ernie Johnson. This is where they analyze what's going on in the world. And Shaq's become a pretty good broadcaster. He's outspoken on a lot of issues. Well, Shaq went on a podcast on CBS. It's called The Big Podcast, hosted by Nichelle Turner. I don't know her or the podcast, but he went on the podcast and they started talking about vaccine mandates. And Shaq, I love you, man. Look, I encourage everybody to, to be safe and take care of your family. I do. But there's still some people that don't want to take it. And you shouldn't have to be yeah. forced to take something that you don't want. So I don't think people are being forced to take. Well, there are some. There are. I mean, listen, we have a mandate at CBS. That's forced. We have a mandate at CBS. But my but my point. That's forced. But where I wholeheartedly. That's forced. No, it's not forced. It is forced because if the man don't take it, the man will get fired. Ah, I love the guy. Shaq, I hope you see this. You're awesome, dude. I also saw a video of Shaq about a week and a half ago. Oh, here's Shaq. Look at this. This is Shaq. We just threw this in. This is him just ripping down hoops while he's dunking. I think we got three of them for you. Look at this. Look at this. Just ripping. Oh, the glass on his head. We got one more. One more. I remember this one off his. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, beautiful. There's like, there's like 20, 30 of those where he just demolishes backwards. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, Shaq, there was a video you may have seen like a week or two ago where he's at a mall and a guy is buying a ring for his girlfriend, an engagement ring. And he apparently Shaq overheard the guy basically saying, you know, I got to do this in payment plans or whatever. And Shaq just bought it for the guy right there. Like he's just a good guy. I've never heard anyone say anything bad about Shaq, but that's just such a beautiful thing. 
because, you know, he's like, look, people have to make decisions for themselves. I don't believe people should be forced into anything. And uh, she's like, well, we don't for, ah, well, I guess we do have a force thing here over at CBS. And uh, yeah, and Shaq is just saying what the simple truth is. And we live in an odd time where we have to find sense from seven foot one former NBA superstars who are making more sense than say the guy leading the NIH or the CEO of the CDC or anyone basically in mainstream media. I think you guys know my feelings on this, but of course you should not be forced to take anything you want. And the idea that your company can force you to be injected with something once, twice, three times, couple extra boosters, it's just so ridiculous. So Shaq, you are the man of the day. And now let's move on to the Rubin Report community Q&A. As I said, we got dozens of questions over at rubinreport.locals.com. And if you join right now, there is a chance that I can read a question on the fly. We've got Helen and Phoenix in the comments section right now, in the chat. They are looking and waiting for you guys to say something brilliant or witty or hilarious, whatever it might be. Sam says, what are your thoughts on Denmark and several other European countries ending all mandates and restrictions looking for ways to get the USA to stop with these crazy policies. Look, my socialist friends, and you know I have many socialist friends, they often point to the Nordic countries. They say, look how wonderful things are in Sweden and in Norway and in Finland and these other countries. Look how wonderful things they are. And it's really usually a, quite a horrible comparison because these are a, supremely tiny countries with very, very monoculture uh, situations going on there. They're not as socialist as you'd like them to believe, as Bernie would always try to point out. Uh, but they have done some things right. And I've been to Finland. I've been to uh, Norway. I've been to Sweden. I've been to a couple of the other countries when I was on tour with Jordan. Really liked being there, enjoyed the people. And, and you know, everything's beautiful there and lovely. And the people, everyone looks great. and They're tall and very nice. Um, they've done something right here. They've done something right. They've just said enough's enough. I don't know if that's directly related to the governments. I don't know if it's directly related to the people. I don't know if sanity somehow burst through the ice when they were ice fishing for salmon. I don't know what's going on exactly. But obviously we should be stopping with all of these mandates. Take it from the Swedes or take it from Shaquille O'Neal. But the governments have failed us. They have absolutely failed us. I'm pretty sure you guys know a bit about the story of what's going on up in Canada. The governments have failed us. So it's like Justin Trudeau, Look that way. And over there, if you look further enough, you look far enough, you're gonna find some of these Nordic countries. And they decided to let their people live freely. Why don't you try that too, man? But I think we got more on Justin Trudeau in just a moment. Uh, Storm says, hopping on a plane to Juneau, and I hope this will be answered after I land. What do you think will last longer? The Freedom Convoy or Trudeau's quarantine? Uh, well, good luck up there in Juneau. Um, so I guess Trudeau is still, can we officially confirm that? Is he in quarantine still? He's still high. He's still, I'm being told that Justin Trudeau is still hiding in quarantine. Apparently he had asymptomatic COVID. One of his kids had it uh, and he's hiding because of it. He just wants, he wants faux sympathy basically because he's really dropped the ball here. Uh, these, these truckers and their supporters, they're not transphobes. <laughs> so stupid. They're not transphobes. They're not bigots. They're not anti-Semites. Yeah, like suddenly out of, out of nowhere, all of these people were like, you know, I really have this irrational fear of trans people and we're going to go occupy Quebec in the name of that. It's just nonsense. Um, 
I hope that some of their demands are met. Uh, actually, we are airing it today, right? I just interviewed yesterday, uh, it's a short interview, about 15, 20 minutes, B.J. Dichter, he is the spokesman for the entire caravan. You may have seen him on Tucker Carlson uh, a day or two ago, and we dive into a whole bunch of the issues. We talk about their demands and what, what it would take for them to say, oh, we got a win here, and now let's, let's get out of there, right? Like, let's get going. So I think that that will, uh, we're gonna post that today. I'm being told we're gonna post that today. And basically these people don't want anything other than all of the rights that they had two years ago. They're not asking for anything special. They don't want extra credit. They don't want bonus stuff. They just wanna live freely. And I stand with the truckers and I stand against Justin Trudeau. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. No. Uh, Jeb says, Dave, could you tell us a bit about the direction you want your one-on-one -on -one sit-down interviews to go throughout the year? Uh, that's an interesting one. You know, I'd love to get some of your feedback on this. I, I got to tell you, I've mentioned this once or twice in some of these live streams. I'm really enjoying this. Like, I really like sharing my thoughts with you guys. I love doing the Q and A's, but I mean, when I mean this, I mean, I really enjoy doing the daily show. When my guys, we pick some stories, we talk about these things in kind of a funny, silly way. You know, we're doing more silly stuff. The best comments, when I have time to look at comments, the best comments are that you guys watch the show and you have a smile on your face or you laughed a couple of times or you're, you don't feel crazy about the news. All of the stuff that that's why I do this. Like that's what seems fun to me. And if there were more people doing it, then maybe I wouldn't have had to have done it. Uh, but that's the thing that I love. So I'm, I'm actually not enjoying the interviews as much as I used to. You know, I was sort of early in on the podcast thing, on the long form interview thing. You know, when I started doing hour long interviews, that had sort of disappeared altogether. There were a couple of them sort of in mainstream media still. Uh, you know, Larry King was already off of uh, CNN. He was over at Aura TV, which then they gave me a job, which was pretty awesome. And Larry became a, a friend and a mentor. And as I've said, sort of a bonus grandfather. Uh, but there weren't a lot of podcasts doing really sort of nuanced conversations about a whole bunch of stuff. And I did it and we, I guess did it pretty well. I think I'm a decent interviewer, or at least some pe other people do, and that's just great. Um, and we've done it for a long time, and now, you know, everyone's kind of doing it. Everyone's doing it. Everyone's doing it in their own way, and that's just fine. And I, I actually don't, while I love competition, I actually don't find that I'm in competition with any of these other interview shows. It's like, if you like the way I interview somebody, watch. If you don't, you don't have to watch. It's, it's all good. Um, but in terms of, like, the true, like, love of doing those I, I've actually lost a little bit of that, except with specific people when I really find that there's like a real reason to be talking to them. Like really, like are you, are you charting new waters? You know, are you really going somewhere new? My interview with Glenn Beck this week, and I love Glenn and he's a friend obviously, like really talking about what's behind the Great Reset, what's been happening for these last two years. Someone who's been ahead of the curve on most things. Like I really enjoy that. But so I wanna find new people to talk to, like people that are really innovating, starting new businesses that think about politics in a different way that maybe, maybe we'll do more with artists and musicians. I, I'm totally, I'm totally open. Um, but I don't want to do just like the same old, like political machinations 
over and over again. Uh, you know, some stuff with politicians, obviously, but I want to think about it and, and stay fresh. So I'd love more of your feedback on that. Uh, Patrick says, are you picking on Trudeau just because he's black? <laughs> I'm picking on him because he's a woman, not because he's black. It's mostly because he is a trans woman. I mean, what an idiot. Like, really, like, I just can't imagine. I mean, this is what I say all the time. Like, how could you possibly be a Canadian citizen and be looking at what Justin Trudeau has done for these last two years, the, the endless pandering, the lying, the destruction of businesses, stopping people from going to church, all of this stuff, and think, boy, this is the guy that I want in charge. And think how insane it is. I mean, the guy won re-election during lockdown. What does that tell you about Canadians? I'm not exactly sure, except in the few months since the election, it's like they've really turned on him. So maybe that, maybe it took you know, the guy getting another term for enough people to wake up to realize it. Uh, but it's a little bit like Biden right now. It's like, even if you, let's say you absolutely hated Trump, total Trump derangement syndrome, you hate the color orange, you just could not vote for Trump and you voted for Biden, whether you, you loved him or, or just, you just couldn't do the Trump thing, whatever it might be. Like how many people in America right now are just sitting around like, boy, that Joe Biden's doing a hell of a job. That Joe Biden is just great. Uh, Michael, how long did it take you to get your couch, which you're supposedly is arriving tomorrow? Four weeks. Four weeks to get a couch. I mean, that's what's, everything is slow. We're trying to build our studio downstairs and it's like, we just got the, the quote from the contractor and he's like, well, with the supply chain stuff, it could actually take three months to get a window, literally a window, a piece of glass. So if you're looking at these people that are, that are leading us, Justin Trudeau, Joe Biden, if you're looking at some of these people and going, boy, they sure are doing a good job. You know, there are people that are saying, there are economists that are saying that the actual inflation rate right now is 15%. So that means if you had a certain amount of money in your bank account, say six months ago, and you have the same amount now, it's worth 15% less because it has 15% less purchase power. Something ain't right here. On top of all the racism that they're bringing in and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Olivia says, do you think places like Florida are going to see an influx of conservative immigrants from the North from two American loving Canadians? I hope so. I hope so. I really think as long as people know what they're fleeing and know which way they're going to vote, I think places like Florida, like Texas, like Tennessee, South Dakota, plenty of other places want to embrace new people coming here with new businesses and good ideas and bring your families and your values and the, the, all of the stuff, all of the stuff that makes you, you bring it to these places that are flourishing. I can tell you this, I visited my buddy, his mom lives uh, in Pompano beach, which is a little bit North of West Palm beach. So it's a, about an hour North from Miami or so. And she's in Pompano and she was telling us that her entire building Basically, the entire building, the condos are all being bought by Canadians who are fleeing. And I, she happens to be somewhat like-minded politically, and we're chatting about it. And she was saying she's talked to some of the people, and they get it. They get it. They know what they're fleeing. So if you know what you're fleeing, and by the way, that's very consistent with what goes on here in Miami. You know, the amount of Cubans that are here and, and Venezuelans who know what they fled. They fled socialism. They're the most outspoken against this nonsense. So I think Florida... Texas, Tennessee, et cetera, should all become havens, havens for freedom. And then let's really, let's really reinvigorate ourselves with that. Let's really renew it. And there's plenty of room. We got, we got a lot of Everglades here, right? We got marshes and swamps. We can, we can build, man. We can do it. Uh, Mary says, did you and Jordan discuss the state of our spineless politicians on Monday night? Yeah, there were a bunch of questions 
about the Trudeau thing, which obviously I've already hit here. The, the overriding point that Jordan made that, that I've been thinking about that I want to incorporate into what I do going forward, so this is sort of related to the, the interview question, is that so much of what's going on politically is like, we need a good story, right? Like our stories, our national stories, our cohesive stories have all kind of broken down. Like what is the story of America at this point? It's hard to say, right? If you listen to mainstream media, corporate press, if you read the New York Times or Washington Post, the story is somehow that this thing is, was always racist, it was fundamentally racist, it's evil, capitalism's not good. Like that's the story that they've run with. And, and through that story, they've destroyed an awful lot. And you gotta give the devil his due. They did accomplish what they wanted to accomplish. So those of us that love freedom, that want America to continue, that think that this thing was good, we need a better story going forward. And, and I think our story is pretty straightforward. We want you to live how you wanna live. Now we're gonna have to fill that in with some good characters, maybe a little CGI. We're gonna have to get some good writers to, to give a grand narrative around that. But I think one of the reasons that the lefties are so hysterical all the time is their story is not good. So they need hysteria, they need anger, they need to pretend that they're fighting Nazis. And for those of us that are kind of live and let live, it's like, we don't really think about that kind of stuff a lot because we're just kind of like, oh, I'm just kind of doing my thing, living my life, it's all right, it's all good. And we don't spend time obsessing over politics, obsessing over, oh my God, history was so evil and all of those things. We look for places that we can do a little bit better. So I think we have to figure out, and when I say we, I mean, I mean anyone basically non-woke. I don't really care what your political differences are. If you're non-woke, we need a better story to show, you know, the average kid who's being brainwashed in school, high school, college, doesn't matter, hey, there's a better story over here. The, the story is that you can be the, the main character of your movie, and you can do that if the conditions for freedom are there, and that ain't what the other guy's at. It's, it's just so much better on its face that we just have to fill it in. We just have to give it a little color. Uh, Sarah says, without spilling too much on classified info, what are you looking forward to the most this year regarding both Rumble and Locals? I mean, we got major stuff going. Actually, it's a good question because uh, we will not have a live show this Monday, because Sunday night and then into Monday, I've got to jump across the state again. I'm going over to Sarasota where the Rumble offices are. I'm, I'm giving a talk to all the employees. It's gonna be one of our first uh, real sort of get everybody in the building. We got awesome, awesome offices there on the water, like five boat docks. Like we're gonna build something really awesome and, and we're gonna have studios on the water and it's really, really great. Like we're building something cool. Um, so what I'm excited about is there's such opportunity such opportunity. You guys all know the, the Spotify Rogan situation that we were talking about all week. It's like Spotify has decided to put warnings up in front of Rogan's content. Now, if Rogan's okay with that and that's what they wanna do and everybody's happy with that, that's just fine. I am intimately involved in long, along with Dan Bongino and Chris, the CEO, and Asaf, the CEO of Locals, in crafting what our policy will be. What is our policy around speech? Are we gonna put warnings on things? We don't want warnings on things. If you break the law, you got a bigger problem than us. So you can put your content on Rumble. That really is the policy that we're all trying to craft perfectly. There's a lot of pieces involved in that, right? Um, so I'm looking forward to taking the opportunity as it exists. The more that those guys censor, the more that you guys tell me all the time, you don't see our videos in the YouTube feed or whatever it might be. It's like, well, we'll just build something that'll be better. And that's fun. And that's what we did for two years with locals. And then we found Rumble and we were like, well, these guys are doing some good stuff. And we met, you know, the CEO, we met the people behind it and we were like, all like, hey, we have some 
political differences, but who cares? We all want to fight the woke thing. We want to fight censorship. We want to defend free speech the best to the best of our ability. So let's let's keep going there. So maybe we can get some video of my speech on, uh, on Monday. I'll see about that. Uh, Travis says, when will you be touring Florida? So we will be announcing my book tour soon. The book comes out middle of April. Uh, Don't Burn This Country, uh, which we've already sold a whole bunch of copies. So the New York Times is not going to be happy because they're going to have to either put me on the list again or they're going to have to be exposed for not putting me on the list. So that's your warning, New York Times. Um, but I will go, go very, very heavy in Florida. Like I would love to go to every major city in Florida, even like, however we got to make it work. I I just really want to do it. You know, when I did the event with Jordan the other night, it was my first live appearance, um, live public appearance in Miami. And it was just so great. Like when the PA guy was like new Miami resident, Dave Rubin, and like the crowd went nuts and it was just so great to be out there and like all the little silly things about Miami driving and the Spanish and all the, the fun stuff. Like I just want to go all over Florida. I do have one public event in, it's a semi-public kind of private public-ish event, uh, in Naples in the next couple of weeks, but, uh, I'm only going to promote that for my locals community. So if you'd like to join, you can, uh, otherwise we'll get out there, uh, in April and I'll bounce all over the place. And as I said, I am not going to tour in a place that demands vaccine passports or mask mandates. That's going to cost, you know, cost me a bunch of money. It'll stop us from doing a certain amount of venues and, you know, certain amount of book sales and all that. But I just, I'm just not going to do it. Uh, Diana says, which platform to view your show helps, helps to benefit the Rubin Report more, Locals, Rumble, or YouTube? I want to make sure I'm giving you all of the support. I mean, first, I would say do, do whatever, like, fits your life for whatever reason. If it's just easier for you to watch mobily or at a desktop and you find one interface better than the others. Uh, look, Locals and Rumble are going to continue to combine. They're going to really continue to combine. We have a whole bunch of features on the way. We're, we're launching like a whole new feature set. I'm, I can't, I just can't tell you too much just yet. Um, but everything being equal, if your choice right now is to just watch the live stream between YouTube and Rumble, uh, it would be better to watch on Rumble because YouTube, we just know they, they have their tricks, you know, and I, I just don't think YouTube's the future. That's not, I'm not trying to pick a fight with YouTube. I don't complain about YouTube anymore. You know, we get demonetized sometimes. I don't even bother publicly fighting them anymore. It's like they're, they're doing their thing. It's been really good to me in some ways and it's been not so great in other ways. It is what it is. That's the path they're going down. We're blazing a new trail with locals and Rumble. That's the plan. That's the plan. And that's what we're going to do. That's what we've done and it's what we're going to continue to do. Uh, so everything being equal, the, being equal, the live streams, if you could watch on Rumble, uh, would be great, but subscribe on both. Why not, right? Uh, Richard says, this was a thought provoking question I posted on Scott Adams community page. Does having a lack of humor correlate with the inability to understand human motivation? You can tell who has a sense of humor and who does not. And it almost falls along the left and right paradigm. Curious on your thoughts. Ooh, I like that question. So it's interesting because, you know, in the last two years or so, we've watched an awful lot of people like just like lose their shit altogether. I don't mean get some stuff wrong. Like I've gotten some stuff wrong. Okay. Like everyone gets some stuff wrong, but I'm talking about people that are, are saying the complete opposite of what they used to say, but not because they evolved politically, but because the other side is in power or something like that. We've watched so many comedians, or I probably have to go like this with comedians now, comedians, um, who used to be funny, I suppose, just become hysterical, angry, cancel culture enthusiasts. You know, Sarah Silverman, I never thought she was that funny. Like she was in an episode of Seinfeld I like when she dated Kramer, but like 
whatever. She was a comedian and just this hysterical, angry, progressive nonsense. Chelsea Handler, the same thing. Kathy Griffin with the Trump head. Imagine if that had been done with Joe Biden. Like these people that just become really, really angry. I think there's a lot of reasons for it. Patton Oswalt, who was sort of a funny comedian at one time. Years ago, I wanted him on the show actually, uh, where he has to issue an apology for saying that he's friends with Dave Chappelle. Uh, there is a connection between an inability to be funny and sort of modern woke progressivism because it's, it's a cult. It's a cult that doesn't let you question it. It's a cult that says these are the things you can believe and now you have to believe them and do not go against anyone else. There's no room for comedy and that comedy is, is comedy's all about freedom, right? Like comedy is where, where it's messy and there's different opinions and you can fight the power and you can make fun of people. And it's like, man, wouldn't, wouldn't it be great if we had a guy like Don Rickles back with us right now? You know, Don Rickles, the legendary comedian, he lived into his 90s, passed away, you know, about two years ago. And it was like, Don Rickles used to walk on stage wherever he was at a local comedy club in Vegas, Atlantic City. I saw him give a a talk at, I think it was Reagan's inauguration. He did a bit about this and he'd walk on stage and make fun of everybody and make fun of every ethnicity and skin color. And they brought everybody together because there were no sacred cows. Oh my God, look at the black guy over there, the Jew over there, oh, the Chinaman over there. Blah, blah. And he'd make fun of everybody. And pe sometimes people would be a little offended, but everybody was in on it together. We've decided, or well, I shouldn't say we, Many of our comedians and humorless blowhards have decided that comedy can only go one way, which is why I have not watched it in years, but occasionally a little SNL clip will come across on Twitter and it's like, man, that is the death of comedy. There is nothing, nothing funny there. And I always see these think pieces, you know, New York Times and New Yorker and these very serious places. They're always writing about how comedy, you know, there's, it's been so bad between Trump and then COVID, you know, comedy is just, there's no place for comedy right now. And, comedy is dead. And then there were Netflix, Netflix specials by that woman, I can't even remember her name, who was like the anti-comedian comedian, like she's so funny, she can't make you laugh, something like that. It's like, I don't know, you guys laugh a little bit during this thing, I laugh a little bit during this thing, I, I got no writers, you know, I'm just telling you what I think. So yes, I do think there's a connection between sort of political ideology and your ability to be funny. If, if you think, if, if your whole worldview is summed up in you gotta believe this freaking thing, Where's the humor in that? Like, I'm pretty sure there aren't a lot of great comedians in North Korea. There's probably a lot of people who want to be comedians, but not a lot of great ones that are out there, right? So comedy is best done when the conditions for freedom are out there. So you can make fun of the power. You can make fun of the politicians. You don't view these people as, as gods, right? And you believe that your own thoughts have some value. Not a lot of room for that over there. Uh, Brad says, even if there is a red wave this year with the midterm elections, do you think that's enough to make people to make people start to trust the government again? It almost feels too far gone. That's a good one. Um, well, first off, you know, you don't want to count your chickens before they hatch. Um, is there every reason to think that there's going to be a red wave? Yeah. Right. The Democrats have just enough people see it. They've wrecked havoc everywhere. The policing, the schools, the wokeness, the gender stuff. They've woke up parents. They woke up Canadian truckers, even though that's not our country. They, they've done something that is so awful and there is just no sane liberals. And yes, we can put the little Bill Maher box there. Okay, but who are you gonna vote for, Bill Maher? That is the problem, right? So I don't wanna, I don't wanna go down that road. 
at this moment. There's just nobody to vote there, vote for. Like, do you think that voting for Chuck Schumer, if he's not like a complete lunatic radical, is going to stop this? Or Nancy Pelosi, if she's not, even though she is? Like, like the, the progressives, they did it. They did it. They just, they rotted out the party. They destroyed the liberals. They did the whole freaking thing. So is there going to be a red wave? That would be my guess. But again, you don't, you don't want to walk into an election thinking that there's going to be a red wave. You don't want to walk into a fight thinking you're automatically going to win. This reminds me of, what was it, probably around 92 when Mike Tyson, champion of the world Mike Tyson, and he was just mauling everybody and he would beat guys in literally in 15 seconds in the ring, uh, that Michael Spinks fight, and, and he goes into the fight against James Buster Douglas, who nobody had heard of, and Buster Douglas beat the crap out of Mike Tyson. Um, remember that? Well, that's because of overconfidence, right? So you don't want to walk into the fight and go, oh, we're going to win. Obviously, we're going to crush over here. Everybody hates the lefties. The wokesters are nuts and everything else. So we need to make sure that we're all out there voting. We got to we gotta be explaining our ideas and doing all of that stuff. Also, the machine, you have to give the machine credit. It figures out ways to do all sorts of weird stuff and brainwash people and freak people out. So anything can happen. But your question really was, okay, if, the, if there's a red wave, is that enough to get, get some trust back to the institutions and to government? That will be up to those that we vote in, right? That will be up to, let's say in Virginia right now, Glenn Youngkin has a window. Okay, man, you, wrote, you ran against critical race theory. You, you decided to defend children against these crazy out of control school boards and everything else. Well, now it's on you. So in a year from now, we'll be able to judge that. I think if you bring in the right politicians who just basically stick to their guns, basically, you don't have to be great guys. You just can't be horrible. If you can do that, then we got a chance to actually get some trust back into these institutions, and that would be good. Even if, even if you're a complete libertarian or anarchist, like you should want a little bit of trust in some of these institutions because otherwise we just don't have a thread that brings us together. We just, you need some trust in some of these institutions, and we don't have a lot of trust amongst each other these days. So that would be the great opportunity. That's the story, Republicans. That's the story, conservatives. Man, you see what those guys did? Our story of freedom is better. And if you, if you elect us, we will protect that. That's pretty good. Uh, Margo says, have you thought about adopting an iguana? Well, first off, you know, we did survive the big iguana freeze of 2022. As you guys know, we reported it here. Breaking news on the Rubin Report. Uh, temperatures in South Florida got as low as 40 degrees. And when it hits 40, that apparently is the magic number, these big ass iguanas, and some of them are up to like three feet. They're in the trees, they freeze, they get comatose, and then they just fall out of the trees. They thud on the floor. They're not dead usually. I guess if you hit the floor hard enough, maybe you crack your skull, but they're just basically laying there. And then they don't wake up till it gets warm enough. Although I would assume that the vultures and some other predators are probably taking a peek and seeing what's for lunch. Uh, but we did not see any while we were walking and I've been taking cloud on walks. We're getting a lot of peacocks around here, I posted an awesome video of two male peacocks. I mean, have you, ever, have you ever really been like five feet away from a peacock? These things are huge and awesome. And when they really like fan out the feathers, they're really incredible. You can, you can take a look at the video in the community. Um, but we did see, even though I didn't see any comatose iguanas just on the floor, just like that, we have seen a couple iguanas that have been uh, mauled by cars. So I don't know if that was due to the comatose falling out into the street and then getting hit by a car or was just crossing the street. I don't know. Okay, and we're gonna look into it. But we have seen a few of those and I'm pretty sure Clyde's eaten a whole bunch of iguana bones. So uh, would I get an iguana? 
I don't really need an iguana in that I'm around a lot of iguanas, um, but uh, maybe we'll get a second dog. There's been some discussion around that. Uh, Brian says, what's the cost of living in Florida compared to California? Is the property tax in Florida more or less than in California? Glad you're enjoying your move. Everything is cheaper here. Everything is cheaper. First off, there's no income tax. So we're saving a ton of money, obviously, which then I can hire more people. I can do more things. We can, we can put more money into the house to fix things. I've got guys downstairs that are fixing things right at this very moment. We can do more landscaping, whatever it might be. We can build our studio, studio out as, uh, as big and robust as we want to. Um, everything is cheaper here. Uh, we, what was it the other day? We were ordering something. Uh, it was something for the house, like, like a chair or something. And we just looked at the tax and it was like, I ridder, when I originally went to the website, I had my California address in. And then I realized it right before I clicked purchase. And then I put the Florida address in and it saved me like 14 bucks to order the exact same thing because Florida taxes are less. So it's just, it really has just been great here, but it's not, it's not just about the money. Like the, as I always said to you guys, like I did not leave California because of the money. You accept the high taxes. You really do for what SoCal can offer. And, and not just SoCal, by the way, there's plenty of Northern Cali places that are gorgeous. Sonoma is Napa, pretty freaking spectacular. You accept the taxes as part of it. But then when the whole thing melts down, I just didn't want to fund my demise anymore. So everything here, I have absolutely no complaints. Some people said to me, you're going to move to Miami, South Florida. It's very flat. That's what they said. You're used to hills in California. You're used to hills. I like the flat. Really do. Why? I take Clyde for crazy long walks. Like we go walking and we see the lizards. We see the peacocks. It's great. You know, you can see where you're going. You don't have to always be watching out that a car is going to swing by like some curve on the mountain and whack you. Um, it's just great here. Move here if you're a good person. Move here and maybe I should be on the board of tourism for Florida. Can we talk to the DeSantis people? Maybe I'll do something like people move here and I'm at the gate. You know, do we have a gate? We don't have a gate, like a Georgia, Florida gate. I could just stand there and shake people's hand. Welcome. Here's an orange. Uh, Yanis says, are you feeling hopeful about that push for freedom across the world? I really am. I really am. And I think if you can get that feeling inside of you, even though facts don't care about your feelings, feelings are important, right? Like it starts with hope, right? It starts with hope, looking for something in the distance and going, that's the thing I want to get. And I believe that there is hope. When I, when I left California, now I've said California again, I will put five more dollars into the flea California thing. We're, we're up to, let's say 75 bucks now. Um, and I'm going to give, I'm not kidding. I'm going to give all of the cash at the end of the year to someone who reaches out to me and says, I want to flee California and I want to move to Florida. I'm just gonna hand you a whole bunch of cash and I'll throw in some extra too at the end. Um, you have to have that distance, you have to have hope. And when I was in California after the recall and then I got audited by the state and they demolished Larry Elder and just saw all these people who just want more, there was just no hope there. But now what I'm seeing between the truckers who are actually affecting the government we covered it yesterday, the premier of Alberta suddenly being like, whoa, whoa, I didn't want these mandates. We're gonna figure out a way to shut this thing down pretty quick. We're gonna let you out free. The fact that the Nordic countries are now opening up. Uh, the fact that there is such an obvious and stark difference between a place like Florida and a place like New York. It's like, yeah, there's a lot of hope in that. There's a lot of hope in that. And not to sound uh, redundant, but I'm telling you, the dinners that I've been to here and when I've met people here and when people are coming up to me, wherever I am, the new people especially, like they, they under, 
understand what they fled. And if you really get it, if you really go, even if you were a diehard Democrat, right? If you left San Francisco and you were a Nancy Pelosi Democrat, but then after the last two years, you realize how awful and evil the stuff that she's doing is. And you got to Florida and you go, holy cow, it's free and it's decent and it's good. And I'm telling you that you, you don't realize it when you're in it, when you're in the machine, when you're in a place that everyone is just not really saying what they think and they're masked all the time and they're getting injected every two weeks and they let the government decide whether their five-year-olds should be injected and all those things, you don't realize how it affects your mind and your brain and your state of being. So when I've had friends from LA visit like I did last week and they still live there and they wanna get here and they're complaining about the needles on the street and everything else, like, all right, get going. It's up to you, get going. So. It's up to you. So, so yeah, I am hopeful. And the final question, I suppose this is directly related to that. Stephanie, end of the week question. Could you be any happier? Um, could I be any happier? I suppose there's always more room for happiness, right? Like you can always find more happiness, but I would say pretty much within reason, like this is as good as it gets. Like I do work that I love. I, I work with great people. I'm in a relationship that makes me happy. I, we just moved into a new house. We're gonna do lots of cool stuff here. We've, we've got good friends. I feel like I can go out again. Um, you know, maybe, you know what? I think I might go to a restaurant tonight. I'm gonna go to a restaurant tonight and breathe freely. You know what? I want you guys to all go to restaurants tonight, okay? Everyone's going to a, all separately, all alone at a restaurant. We're just gonna fill up the city. Um, it's all good. Like I, I escaped the madness. I escaped the madness and it's good. And, um, you know, Jordan, uh, Jordan, uh, yeah, obviously I've mentioned Jordan a lot, but Jordan Peterson often talks about that. Your goal should not be happiness. Your goal should be purpose. Because if you find something that gives you purpose, then you'll find happiness. But it's, it's too simple basically to say you're just going for happiness. Like, what would that mean? I'm going for happiness. Like I just want to lay on the beach all day. That kind of sounds right at some level. Like that would be nice to lay on the beach all day, every day, but you might get tired of it after a month, like you can only have so many Mai Tais, right? And you can only get so much sun. So it's like, you, what you shouldn't be going for is just happiness. But if you do something that fulfills you, like I feel like what I do is relevant, you know? It, it feels good, I have something to say in the morning, I, you know, and I get that feedback all the time. And maybe the feedback can be kind of dangerous because you get, you get negative feedback, you get positive. Even if I only got positive feedback all day long, I'm, I don't know that that would be so great. Uh, but I get up with purpose. I have something to do every morning. I'm very aware of that, by the way. Like, I really am. Like, I get up, I have my coffee. I've been taking Clyde for these walks, exploring the neighborhood. And I'm very, uh, I'm very aware and appreciative of the fact that I get to do what I want to do. And then by me doing that, I like to think that some of the people that work for me get to do what they want to do for a living. And then, and then they can do what they want in their lives. And then maybe if you watch this, some idea that either I said or some way that I framed a story or somebody that I interviewed like sparked something in you so that you start doing something a certain way. Like that's what being human is all about. That's what the exchange is all about. That's why we shouldn't want to be censoring people. If you've got bad ideas, they're gonna, they're gonna fall on the wayside. Um, and I do, I'm hopeful for humanity. And uh, yeah, I would say I'm pretty happy. And I got a couple new bottles of tequila. That doesn't hurt, does not hurt. Uh, guys, my full interview with BJ Dichter, who is the spokesman for the Canadian Trucker Caravan, will be up today on YouTube and Rumble. Uh, part three 
of my interview with Glenn Beck, all about the, the Great Reset, his new book, which really explores the whole freaking thing, will also be up today on YouTube and Rumble. The full episode with Glenn Beck is already up ad-free at rubenreport.locals.com. And uh, all right, I'm gonna, I have a lot, I just had a lot of stuff to do at the house. It's up on Blaze TV as well, of course. Uh, I got a lot of stuff to do uh, uh, at the house this weekend. And uh, as I said, no live show on Monday because I'm heading over to Rumble in Sarasota to do a bunch of stuff. Uh, but we will be back on Tuesday. I thank you for watching. Have a great weekend. See you Tuesday. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Ruben Report Direct Message. We're live on Rumble, Blaze TV, and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Don't forget to review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And if you're looking for early and exclusive content, you can join me on Locals at rubenreport.locals.com.